the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. Now this is a church that exists to help people just like you find the real life that you were created for and then find it to the full. That's just what Jesus said in John 10.10. And today we continue in the series called Jesus Has Left the Building and Rediscovering the Biblical Jesus Today, Pastor Sean talks about money problems, what the Bible really says when it comes to money, and being good stewards with what God has given you. Some good advice and wisdom on the way. This is Real Life Radio. Last week, we looked at Luke chapter 4, and we read this in Luke 4. At daybreak, Jesus went out to a solitary place. The people were looking for him. When they came to where he was, they tried to keep him from leaving them. But he said this, and listen, I want you to make note of this. I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns also, because that's why I was sent. And he kept on preaching in the synagogues of Judea. I must preach because that's why I was sent, because it's good news. That's why Jesus came. And we're taking these last few weeks of this series to talk about the teaching of Jesus. Because as awesome as what he did was, he said the primary thing he came to do was to bring a message, because that message was life-changing and it was transformational. And so we're taking a look at that message. And we started that last week. And I want to say to you, Jesus' teaching is good news. And you need to make note of that, because this week we're talking about Jesus on money. And the collective groan throughout the room, oh, money. Now, I did promise you that I would let you know how to win the lottery, so that's good news, right? You got that going for you. Jesus' teaching is good news, and when we talk about Jesus and money, we've got to keep that in mind, because let me just tell you something. We better understand something real clearly. When it comes to money in our culture, we're messed up. Thank you. See, it's not just me. We are, seriously. Do you know in Chicago a couple weeks ago, a brawl broke out at a Chuck E. Cheese? Not the kids. You're like, oh, I've seen that before. (laughs) No, no. This is not the kids. This is parents at the little ticket deal where they go take the tickets and redeem the tickets, you know, where they get the prizes. Parents got into a fight. People were bloodied. Cops were called. People were arrested. You know what I'm saying? That's crazy. The kid, no kids were hurt, thankfully. It's at a Chuck E. Cheese over the tickets. I gotta have it. Have you seen the junk they give out there? Really? We're gonna come to blows over that? You know, we have the ticket thing up upstairs because we, for our kids, they can do some certain things and you know, different behaviors, and then they gather these tickets for rewards, and then at the, once a month they get to go to the store and get little rewards, right? Well, we're doing Operation Christi- Christmas Childs where you put stuff in a shoebox for kids who really don't have a lot, and they send those all over the world to kids who really live in poverty. And so some of the things that our store has been stocked with are some things that need to go in those boxes, and kids can use their tickets to buy those things. And we've had some great response. My wife, Lori, had one little boy last, last week had a ton of tickets. 
he got some stuff, and, but he, was, he had this big stack he was taking back. She said, well, would you like to go get something and put one of the shoeboxes? And he's like, okay, I should be saying yes. You know, <laughs> but he was, you know, he's like, okay. She said three times this happened. He would go and he'd get something to put in the shoebox with his tickets, and then he'd, no, and put it in his bag. <laughs> and he's like, well, don't you? And so he'd go do another one. No, put it in his bag. Three times the poor kid wrestled with it. He never did get over that hump. He got to the table, but that something inside of him that said, I can't let it go. And what I'm saying is that something inside every one of us. It's crazy, this desire to acquire. You remember, what was it? Uh, was it in Louisiana a couple weeks ago? Or very recently, actually. Walmart. Some folks, they, they had some problem uh, with, their, with their food stamp cards. And the balances, it, it, you couldn't know what the balance was. They were given infinite balances. People started filling their grocery carts up over and over and over. They started calling friends. People came in. The store went on a rush. They emptied the shelves. And then all of a sudden, after a time, the machines came back on and they were working and so now they knew what the people's balance were they let literally there's pictures of these carts packed with stuff left in the aisles as people just left because they knew they didn't have that they were fundamentally taking advantage of that just to steal it and it's one of those things where they, you knew they didn't have refrigeration to keep all this stuff it was it was just hey you can get it pack it on i'll sell it do whatever like man something's messed up now governor jindal has said that they know, obviously, because they have the cards, who, who did that, and the folks are going to actually have to pay it back, or they're going to lose their privileges. Something is messed up. Now, when we talk about wanting to win the lottery, we have to understand what it is in us that wants to win the lottery, okay? Most of us aren't really envisioning, like, a pallets of, of cash in our garage going yeah that's awesome or are you <laughs> you're like well no just a little it'd be kind of awesome right i mean you know how high is the stack just tell me <laughs> let me dive in at once <laughs> yeah uh it's not really the stacks of cash that's just paper what we want is the way it makes us feel isn't it because there's two big feelings that we want the reason we want to win the lottery and those feelings are security and freedom and what I'm going to read to you today from the Gospels is that Jesus wants you to have those. And he wants you to have everything that he created you for that in you desires to win that lottery. Of course, the bait and switch is, and you'll see later why, I don't think the lottery is really the answer. But the security and the freedom, that you're supposed to have. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 12. Turn to Luke chapter 12, beginning at verse 13. We're told, someone in the crowd said to him, said to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Jesus replied, Man, who appointed me a judge or an arbiter between you? Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. He told them this parable or this story. He said, Well, the ground of a certain rich man produced a good crop. He thought to himself, what shall I do? I have no place to store my crops. Then he said, this is what I'll do. I'll tear down my barns and I'll build bigger ones. And there I'll store all my grain and my goods. And I will say to myself, you have plenty of good things laid up for many years. In other words, you're secure 
and you're free. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who's going to get what you've prepared for yourself? Verse 21, this is how it will be with anyone who stores up things for himself but is not rich towards God. This is a man who suffers what we call the illusion of ownership. You know what the illusion of ownership is? Maybe it's better, the delusion. And it's this, it's this idea that we own it all and can keep it. Very plain, basic understanding. Job 121, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I will depart. The Lord gave, the Lord has taken away. May the name of the Lord be praised. You brought nothing in, you can't take anything out. It's amazing how just cramped for space those coffins are. They don't have room for anything. You know, I can't put a U-Haul on the back of the coffin. Some of you are like, really? That's so disappointing. I mean, we would all say this is objective reality, right? It's not like we're, 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 anyone's going to sit up and argue, well, this isn't necessarily true. No, we know this is absolutely true. And yet so many of our values, priorities, and choices are based on this illusion, organizing our lives around getting and keeping more stuff, more money, and someday we're going to have to leave it all to someone else anyway. And we have no control over what happens to it. Someone else had it before we came. Someone else will have it after. It's really just 70, 80, 90. However long you live, it's alone. And that is objective truth. I can't keep it. I can't take it with me. But we find out I can enjoy and use it while I'm here. Now Jesus goes on. He said to his disciples, and this is a passage, we've read this in Matthew 6. We've taught this, these ideas. Some people say, well, Matthew 6 and Luke 12 are so similar, but they're different. Is the Bible wrong? Did Matthew and Luke have different interpretations of this deal? Understand, Jesus said, remember he said, I must preach and go to other towns, and he traveled and talked. These are probably both exactly right. They were different tellings of this teaching. Jesus shared these things more than once as he went and shared the good news of the kingdom of God. Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat, or about your body, what you'll wear. Life is more than food, the body more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They don't sow or reap. They've got no storeroom or barn. Yet God feeds them. How much more valuable you are than birds. Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Since you can't do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? And listen to this. This is from the Lord for us. Verse 27, consider how the lilies grow. They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If this is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, how much more will he clothe you? Oh, you of little faith. Don't set your heart on what you'll eat or drink. Don't worry about it. For the pagan world runs after all such things. And your father knows that you need them. Make note of that phrase. Your father knows you need them. Verse 31, key verse, but seek his kingdom and these things what things was he talking about food and clothes seek his kingdom and these things will be given to you as well do not be afraid little flock for your father's been pleased to give you the kingdom sell your possessions give to the poor provide purses for yourself that will not wear out a treasure in heaven that will not be exhausted where no thief comes near and no moths destroy verse 34 listen key verse key understanding for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. 
Now, I, I know how we feel. We read that, and it's like, that's beautiful. What great poetic stuff, man. Jesus was really wonderfully articulate. But is that practical? I mean, how do I actually like, live that? Does he really want me to live like that? You know, Monday through Saturday, it's fun to sit and think about here in church. Okay? But in real life, I want to suggest, yeah, very much so. Because he says, don't worry. Don't be afraid when it comes to money, resources. And then he brings this idea. He says, Father knows what you need and will provide it. And you fundamentally have to, right up front, decide, do you believe this? Is this true? If you believe it, then you're kind of going to be open. You're going to be exposed to some things that can radically change your life. If you don't believe it, you go, that's ridiculous. That's not true. Then nothing that I'm going to say from this point forward is going to matter. So we have to decide what we actually believe about the Word, about Jesus. Father knows what you need and will provide it. And then he says this, where your treasure is there, your heart will be. Such a powerful understanding. I want to suggest to you this morning, main point, taking notes, write it down. Money problems aren't money problems. Money problems are heart problems. I think that's what Jesus is saying all through this. Money problems are not money problems. Money problems are heart problems. We want to take a quick minute to remind you you're listening to Real Life Radio, a service of River City Community Church right here in San Antonio, Texas, in this series called Jesus Has Left the Building and Rediscovering the Biblical Jesus. In fact, you can find this whole series as a free download on the sermons link at reallife.org. And some very exciting news at River City Community Church as it continues to grow and serve the community. Here's a special invitation from Pastor Sean. Hi, this is Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church. I want to take just a moment and invite you to experience Saturday nights at River City. This new 5 p.m. service beginning on February 1st will be an exciting and artistic blend of music, reflection, and practical insights all designed to explore the real life that God designed us for. In fact, beginning in February, in all our weekend services, I'll be sharing a new series called Help My Family is Weird. Now, it doesn't get more real life than that, does it? We're going to take an honest and sometimes humorous look at what the Bible says about family life and see that while it can sometimes be weird, it can also be a great gift when we follow God's design. River City is located on Lookout Road right across from Atama Park with entrances on both Lookout and Evans Road. River City is a church for real life, so our home on the web is called reallife.org. To find out more about Saturday nights or our Sunday services, go to reallife.org. We hope to see you soon on the road to real life. Welcome back as we return to this message called Jesus on Money. This is Real Life Radio. You see, the money problems, whether it be debt, whether it be greed, workaholism, whatever, whatever the deal is, get rich quick, whatever the hang-up may be, that's just a symptom. What Jesus is trying to tell us, the real issue is a heart issue that can manifest itself with different symptoms. And he has given us the keys to breaking free from these heart conditions that are killing so many of us. And they really are. In America, this is our problem. It's not just some crazy adults up at Chuck E. Cheese or some folks at a Walmart in Louisiana. It's us. It's our debt. It's our government's debt. It's business. It's our obsession with making money. It's all the stuff. It's our obsession with the economy. We'll buy whatever else. Just protect our economy. And yet, I mean, that whole, this whole thing with the debt ceiling and the shutdown of the government that, that we recently had... Um, I wasn't terribly worried about that because, I, I don't know, if it keeps the deficit from rising higher, I, I, I was okay with it, okay? Because 
I'm just, I really am concerned. People go, what about the people who depend on the government for, for their sustenance? I'm like, I know, because eventually this whole thing's going to crash, and then where are they going to be? Because you can't. I don't even know how the government pulls it off. You reach your debt limit, you just raise it. I mean, Lori and I tried that. We reached our debt limit on a credit card, just go, let's just raise it. Okay. We now can borrow more. Okay, let's just keep going. Actually, we never tried that. But I'm just saying, how ridiculous is it? How insane and, and outrageous is this? What's the point of a debt limit? Do we know what the word limit means? Have we forgotten? Limit. It's the limit principle. There's a reason for a limit. A speed limit. I don't like the speed limit. I'll raise it. See, it's that simple. And folks, it'd be funny, except that there are people who have been trained to believe the only hope they have is the government. I think we've just now crossed the 50% point where over half of our people in some way or another are supported by the government. That is a dangerous place for us to be. It's an extremely dangerous place for us to be. And it's all because of our broken understanding of money and resources. Money problems aren't money problems. Money problems are heart problems. Now let me go real quickly through some points, and I'm going to have to do some fast preaching, and I'm going to fail a little bit, but you hang with me, okay? Number one thing Jesus points out, and I want us to grab this. The secret to winning the lottery, here it is, is contentment. The secret to winning the lottery is contentment. You know why? Because if you're content, you've already won. You already got it. You're there. Congratulate yourselves. If you're content, just wow. Uh, Okay, no. (laughs) Thank you for being honest, if not content. God bless you. (laughs) The secret to winning the lottery is contentment. I mean, think about actual lottery winners. I went and did some research, looked at some different surveys. There were different numbers. The lowest number, and and the, 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 the number I'm talking about is percentage of lottery winners who are broke, flat broke, and bankrupt within five years. The lowest I saw was 70%. Highest was 90 There's a lot of studies. A lot of people have looked at this. Well, it was funny. A, uh, one of the quotes I saw was from a, a government worker in Louisiana who works for the lottery. They're like, no, 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 that's not exactly true. And, and there's a lot of people who do great because if they were good money managers before, then they're good money managers after, which kind of makes sense, except we're talking about the lottery. If they were good money managers, they wouldn't be playing a lottery. Lottery is a tax on people who are bad at math. Think about it. It's sad, but these people, and really, they have no framework. They don't know how to handle the money. They, all of a sudden, their relationships blow up because every, every friend, every family member, every person they ever knew and didn't know comes with their hand out, and it's a train wreck. It actually is a curse on people's lives. How about pro athletes? Young guys who gifted athletes but have had no training in money management or how to to protect themselves or their investments or their resources and they get taken advantage of and beat up over a lifetime and they end up broke it is so common i I had a friend lived in my neighborhood guy had a super bowl ring made great money playing he's broke ended up losing his family ended up losing all kinds of stuff we got to understand the secret to winning the lottery is actually contentment. Hebrews 13, 5, five, keep your lives free from the love of money. Be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. 1 Timothy 6, beginning at verse 6, some teachers, false teachers were trying to tell them, well, godliness is a mean for great financial gain. And we've heard that one, haven't we? Oh, if you just trust God, you're going to be rich. Trust God and give your money to me. 
Yeah, well, Timothy, or Paul has something to say about that. Timothy says, godliness with contentment is great gain. He says, we brought nothing into the world. We can take nothing out of it. If we have food and clothing, we will be content with that. Food and clothing. Wait a minute, where have I heard that before? Oh, yeah, Jesus said that. Father knows what you need. He'll take care of you. If we have food and clothing, we'll be content with that. People who want to get rich fall into temptation and a trap, into many foolish and harmful desires that plunge men into ruin and destruction. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith and have pierced themselves with many griefs. Beware wanting to get rich in the love of money. See, contentment simply says, I am full. I have enough. I can live simply because I've, I've had plenty. It's like the person who's eaten a great meal, pushes back from the table, oh, I couldn't take another bite. I'm, it's perfect. I'm good. That's what contentment says. Contentment says, I have enough. It is a powerful thing. And the person who is content is the person who is already rich because they have enough. Plenty. Philippians 4, the Apostle Paul gives us the actual secret to contentment. You're like, well, that sounds great, but Sean, I've got to admit, I'm not feeling real content these days. Well, Paul tells us. He says, I'm not saying this, beginning at verse 11, Philippians 4, 11, I'm not saying this because I'm in need, for I've learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need. I know what it is to have plenty. I've learned the secret to being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. And here's the secret. I can do all things through him who gives me strength. Let your character be free from the love of money, being content with what you have, because Father has said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. That's the secret. And it leads us to the second point that Jesus pointed out. God wants to be your provider. You remember what he said? You have a heavenly father. You actually have a heavenly father. Do you believe that? No, I'm talking to you guys like right here, okay? (laughs) Yes! (laughs) You have a heavenly father. He knows what you need. And you're like, I know he knows what I need, but what about my wants? Because I like them too. It's the wants that are the problem. I, I get it on the needs, but what about the wants? Well, yeah, you kind of got to talk to God about that. That's a talk for another time. Go back to the first point on contentment. We'll actually process that a little bit. He knows what you need. And Jesus promised this. Now, this is so you have to decide what you believe. He will provide what you need. He will actually provide what you need. Now, it doesn't mean you don't have to go to work. Not at all. It does not mean you don't have to go to work, but through whatever work God gives you and puts in your heart to do and work on and you do honorably, he will provide everything that you need. And you have to decide whether you trust him in that or not. I I challenge you, if you hate going to work every day, that is not God's design for you. He did not intend for you to hate going to work every day. I'm not saying you should quit your job because maybe you're just approaching your job wrong. I don't know. That's between you and God. I just know he didn't create you to hate getting up and going to work every day. When you begin to understand, wait a minute, I have a father who loves me. He knows what I need and he promised to provide what I need. If you, know, if you are in the wrong job and you're just doing it because, well, I, but I gotta, have, I gotta do it because I gotta make money, I gotta make money. Here's the good news. You're free. You don't have to do that. You can go do something that God has put in your heart that you can be good at, something that you can be effective at. And he promises he'll meet your needs. That's a powerful understanding. 
you are free. You are secure in him, you are free in him. Like I said, doesn't mean you don't have to work. The scripture says he who doesn't work shouldn't eat. What it does mean is you don't have to take a job that you don't like, you don't believe in, you hate, you don't think God wants you doing for the money. You're free from that. You can now go and follow him and do what he's put in your heart to do. See, our father is trustworthy. God wants to be your provider, and we have to give a framework to see that. Now, this brings us to this point of faith versus fear, because if you don't, if faith, and these are the two approaches that really hit us when it comes to money, faith and fear. Sadly, most people in our culture, because we're so obsessed with money, approach money with fear rather than faith. We approach finances, material, provision, all this stuff with fear instead of faith. Fear can manifest a couple different ways. Fear can look like, the whole, you know, mo- people are spenders or savers, right? In, in your marriage, you know who's which, okay? God help you if you have both of the same kind, okay? You, we need the, the balance, okay? Um, and, and by the way, both can be totally ordered by God. The savers are like, no, saving is more godly. Not necessarily. Saving is really good and godly when you have a proper perspective on money and you, when you have an open hand. Spending can be very good and godly when you're content and you, if you're not spending to kind of meet needs and acquire more of this kind of obsession. But either of those tendencies, the conservative or the more open-handed, either of them can be twisted with fear and become a problem. We have to buy this because if we don't, what? We can't spend that because if we do, what? It's fear that leads to either I must have it or fear that says, I must keep it. But it's fear. And Jesus is saying, you don't have to be afraid. You have a Father who loves you, promises to provide for you and care for you. Do you believe that? Thank you, Pastor Sean. You've been listening to Real Life Radio. As next week, we'll continue this series called Jesus Has Left the Building and Rediscovering the Biblical Jesus as it's available right now as a free download when you find the sermons link at reallife.org. We invite you to do more than just hear, but see and do when you join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road, right behind Rotama Park. You can see all the details, directions, and service times also at reallife.org. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262, as Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church. We hope you join us again next time for more Real Life. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for donald trump to hire i find out the worst enemy that i'm going to face in my life is right here in america they took my assessment and they wanted me to change it i was like i'm not changing it they had to get rid of flynn with in-depth interviews archival footage and never before seen personal record to the man behind the headlines i just felt like i was drowning flynn deliver the truth whatever the cost available now watch it today go to salemnow.com salemnow.com